Hello and welcome to From the Trenches, a Business Examiner News Group podcast. My name is John McDonald. This episode's special guest is the managing broker of NAI Commercial Victoria, one of South Vancouver Island's leading commercial real estate brokerages. We cover highlights from his 55 years in real estate, his involvement in the creation of the Errors and Omissions Corporation, advice to aspiring realtors, and much more. Our conversation starts now. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Bev Hyten, and I'm the managing broker of NAI Commercial, Victoria, Inc. NAI is a international organization of uh, relatively independent real estate companies that have banded together, and we operate under a license as, in our case, NAI Commercial in Victoria. The commercial part might sound a little limiting to some, but we do have a very active uh, residential division as well, where we um, quite often get involved in uh, cases of marketing projects and all the allied residential aspects of marketing projects, uh, condominium projects. However, our commercial division is involved in every aspect of commercial real estate, sales, leasing, acting for both tenants, landlords, buyers, sellers. And we then also have a quite a large, in a Victoria sense, relatively large uh, property management part of our operation, which covers shopping centers, office buildings, small one-off standalone commercial buildings, virtually everything to do with the commercial aspects of property management. So that's basically uh, our company, and I'm sort of the chief cook and bottle washer. <laughs> that's awesome. I uh, I knew about the property management, but not about the project marketing stuff. So that is very cool uh, that you are kind of a, a one-stop shop for you know anything commercial. Pretty much every aspect of real estate you can imagine. Yeah, no, that is fantastic. Um, I can tell you, I really appreciate your time uh, for this, Bev. I've been looking forward to this conversation. It started with a chat about um, the fact that you've hit 55 years in the commercial real estate sector this year, which is amazing, uh, In not just in your own field, but, but in any field, uh, quite frankly. And I'm wondering, just to start things off, if you can give me a bit of information about kind of the qualities or the characteristics that you believe that you have that have been crucial to your success and just and the longevity so far. Well, I guess to last this long, I think the key word would be adaptability. One has to adapt uh, to changing times and market cycles. We have very buoyant times, inflationary times, and we also have significant downturns in the real estate market. We've had uh, real estate collapses that I've been through, probably three or four of them um, during my career. Uh, where markets have literally come to a stop or dropped off. Uh, one example would be 1981, where interest rates spiked up to 18 and 20%. The market collapsed for a bunch of reasons, and our real estate values plummeted by 30% overall. And it took many years, probably six years, 
for the market to recover and get back up to that level where it had dropped off. So you have to be able to adapt to those kinds of circumstances. The other part of adapting as a managing broker, a person that's dealing with lots of realtors, all of whom have their own unique and individual personalities, uh, many customers, many clients, many sellers, buyers, all of those people are individuals. And you have to be able to adapt and accommodate the different personalities of them all. So you might have to be like a little chameleon, uh, changing colors depending on the environment you're in. Okay, that is awesome. I love the uh, the reference to adaptability too. I think that's special. Um, yeah, critical uh, for the longevity that you've seen. I want to jump into a little bit about, uh, I've just titled this kind of the legacy aspect to your career and some of the accomplishments that that you've had the privilege to be a part of. And one of them that came up in our conversations was about your involvement with the Errors and Emissions Corporation. And so for myself, certainly in the dark uh, on that, and I'm sure some members of our audience as well, I wonder if you can just tell me a little bit about what that is specifically and kind of maybe the story behind it. Well, it goes back to the early 80s, and historically, real estate companies um, weren't able to get errors and emissions insurance. It was very rare, and if you could get it, you had to basically sign away your firstborn in order to qualify for uh, this mystical errors and emissions insurance. And really, an insurance corporation that deals in that is protecting the their insured from their inadvertent error that they might make, which uh, creates issues. And certainly within the real estate industry, there is opportunity to make mistakes or, you know, give people information that doesn't prove at the end of the day to be valid. And so, um, you know, the member of the public who's aggrieved by this might launch an action against a realtor. But if there's no pot of money at the end of the rainbow, what's the point? And so the public wasn't protected and neither was the uh, real estate industry from these kinds of issues. So a group of us got together one afternoon drinking a little bit of lemonade and we started to think about this whole matter of errors and emissions insurance. And we then started to process the ideas and came up with the a self-insurance program for the whole of the industry in the province. And it sort of started from that level and a group of us stuck to it. We uh, discussed it with the real estate council at the time. Uh, I'd been a chair of the real estate council, so I did have some in there, perhaps you might say, uh, together with my involvements with the BC Real Estate Association, we got all these folks together. They agreed that it would be a an appropriate thing to do. And we had the legislation, the government agreed with us, and they created the vehicle under legislation under the then Real Estate Act to create a corporation for insurance. It's been going now for some 20 years, eminently successful. It's uh, covers a wide range of uh, problems that a realtor might get into, um, vigorously defending claims if they're not appropriate, but also the ability to pay out if they are. 
And uh, all the realtors in the province pay into this fund, which creates the necessary um, income for an insurance corporation to exist and honor its commitments. So yeah, that uh, incredibly interesting time, getting all the actuarial information and statistics that we could in order to determine how we can set it up and uh, fund it. Continuing this look at your career here, I'm wondering, I know you've, you've had to have done hundreds of thousands, maybe thousands of deals over your career. Is there anything that sticks out uh, to you in terms of a maybe a land deal or a transaction with some sort of historic project that, that pops for you? Well, some of them have been very interesting and very complicated. And of course, as a managing broker, you're sort of vicariously involved in every deal and transaction that goes through the office some small, some big. Um, so they're all, uh, they all have their own uh, interesting points about them. Uh, I guess one that sticks out in my mind was the very first transaction that I did as a neophyte realtor coming into the business. I think I was 23 or 24 at the time. Um, and I came into a business that was populated generally by guys 55 and older and retired military. Very few women in the business. Um, definitely an older demographic. I stood out like a sore thumb, long hair looking like a beetle. So it was an interesting time. But in any event, my very first transaction, these folks... Uh, phoned on an ad that I'd written. It wasn't my listing. I just picked a nice looking property on Dallas Road. And I thought, well, maybe I'll start at the top. People phoned, left a mess. Oh, we've seen that house. So I talked them into leaving me their telephone number and I phoned them back a day later with a whole pile of potential listings for them to look at. They were surprised they got a call back. That was the first good thing. And then I met them at a property that we'd arranged to show. And when I got there, they said, oh, well, the owner of the property was kind enough to take us in and show us that we'll just buy it. So I thought, really? Okay, this, how, what do I do now? And so I got out one of our contracts of purchase and sale and literally on the hood of my car started to fill it out. And then I was thinking, how the hell am I? Are they going to buy it? And uh, so I asked the question, well, you know, how do you propose to buy it? Well, we've got a house to sell. And I thought, oh, no, how am I going to deal with that? And they said, but we don't have to sell it in order to buy this. So we'll just pay cash. So in very bold letters, I wrote cash across there. And uh, basically, that was it. It was that quick. And that month, I was realtor of the month in my first month in the business. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. What a rush. That, what a rush that would have been. Yeah. Is there anything uh, on the commercial side, anything that pops for you? Well, we have done some uh, very large transactions. One of them uh, in the last couple of years was a portfolio of nine apartment blocks, which is one of the largest sales collectively in the city. And uh, that was a very interesting uh, experience. <laughs> a friend was a friend of mine was the uh, seller. And so that added another dimension to it. 
Um, but in any event, it all went through and uh, it was a very, I can't really get into any detail, but uh, it was a it was a wonderful experience and certainly all the parties uh, came out very well. Okay, awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I want to jump into a little bit more of uh, like the IT or the technological side of things just within your sector. Um, you know, the, the industry has evolved, certainly. Uh, one of the things outside looking in that has surprised me is on the commercial side, there's no MLS. There's only, you know, the the boards, like I know the Vireb board has like separate commercial listings, but that's not common uh, for it. Um, so yeah, just as as your career has evolved, has anything kind of excited you about the changes in technology? Anything in particular uh, that stuck out that's maybe helped you run your business better? Well, the advent of computers alone was quite the difference. When I came into the business, computers didn't exist. There was nothing. We didn't have cell phones. Uh, the first advance in technology was two-way radio telephones. <laughs> that was a big deal. Uh, we didn't have uh, Xerox machines or anything like that. We had Gestetner machines. Most people won't even know what a Gestetner machine is was a big thing where you put a carbon paper in your crank to handle and it to create copies of some master thing on this big huge machine a gestetner and then oh my god um we had uh listings that were produced on what we called green sheets which were just little tear off sheets that you compiled into books every day that was through the mls system but when I came into the business, only about 30% of the listings were listed on MLS. They were mostly exclusive. And in some cases, you'd want to show a particular house and the, the realtor said, no, it's exclusive. We're not sharing that listing with you. I'm not sure whether the sellers understood the implication of that, but certainly that was the protocol at the time. So as time went on, they gradually got more and more involved in the MLS. And most people then realized that the best service to a seller is to give a property the widest exposure. And MLS then gradually took over to the where it is today, where probably fully 90% of the listings are through the MLS system. I'm not sure I follow the comment about commercial, MLS will take on all sorts of commercial listings. It is a little different, though, because quite often sellers of commercial, especially larger properties, uh, don't want it completely publicly out in the world. Uh, there's a certain degree of confidentiality. If you've got a shopping plaza for sale, you don't want everybody willy-nilly wandering around upsetting tenants and all the rest of it. So for those sorts of sensitive properties, you generally deal in confidentiality agreements. And uh, so consequently, it doesn't get put on MLS to that degree. Okay. Yeah. And that does answer it exactly. I Because I have just wondered why I can't see everything. You'll find lots of stuff on MLS, but generally it's uh, one-off leases, a small building, perhaps owner-occupied, where the information doesn't really matter if it gets out into the broad market, but it is a more sensitive, uh, confidential type of a marketplace. 
And before we get into the the final four here, I did want to ask you uh, just with your experience, you know, if there's members of the audience who are looking to get into the commercial real estate side of things, what advice would you give them? Um, be well funded before you. <laughs> um, it's not for the faint of heart. And while some of the rewards are quite large, one has to be prepared to go through a period of time to get immersed into the world of commercial real estate. That's a, a fairly significant learning curve. Most people generally start off in the residential world and sort of get an inkling of the um, structure and the legal aspects of contract law and all the rest of it, and then graduate towards, I'm not saying graduate in, in thinking that commercial is on some rarefied uh, level. Um, I have absolute incredible respect for folks in the residential. It's very, very, uh, you've got to mind your P's and Q's for sure. But um, yeah, um, and our commercial market is quite small, relatively speaking. There's probably only maybe 100 to 150 truly dedicated, absolute commercial realtors in the city that do nothing but commercial real estate. And uh, probably 1,400 of residential realtors because the markets are so huge in residential and so small in commercial. Awesome. So I'm going to ask, jump into the final four here, but before I go there, is there anything that I did not ask you that you wanted to cover? One of the things I think from um, my perspective, being in it for so long, the thing that's kept me interested and uh, focused in the whole of the business is not being dedicated to one aspect of it. It's a very broad look at it, and I'm very much interested in the legal aspects, the regulatory aspects, very interested in now the financial institutions, BCFSA, which has taken over the management of the real estate industry. Not all good, I may add. Uh, certainly, it was uh, very well structured under a self-regulatory body. And a bit of politics got into it and uh, changed the landscape. But we are experiencing some significant government intervention in varying aspects, some bad, some not so good, some downright silly. But um, there you have it. And uh, that has kept me engaged. We also had a construction company. Personally, I had a construction and development company doing feasibility studies and all sorts of things. So the big thing is a very wide area of interest and that keeps you fresh and topical. And giving back to the industry, acting as committee members for the Victoria Real Estate Board, directors of the board, chairman of the board, I went through all of that and then graduated up to the more provincial bodies and uh, legislative bodies help to rewrite the Real Estate Services Act. So all of those things keep you engaged and keeps the little gray cells churning away. <laughs> that reminds me of Poirot. 
Do you remember? <laughs> ah, you're not that old then, eh? <laughs> no, it was, I grew up with, uh, with it, my mom. Hercule. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Little gray cells. Oh yeah. That is a deep cut that I have not heard in any of these interviews before. That's awesome. Um, thank you, uh, Bev. Um, I've got four questions to finish up here. And these are four questions we ask each interviewee. Um, and I want to start off and ask you about your favorite book. There's no parameters. It could be business, personal, whatever. My favorite book of all time was Treasure Island. <laughs> As a youngster, that was that was the book that I gleaned onto. Treasure Island, Robinson Crusoe, all of those types of of books. But I've always been an avid reader of fiction and um, nonfiction. And now I'm reading The Splendid and the Vile, which is a book on Winston Churchill's life during the early part leading up to the Second World War and through the war. Fascinating book, fabulously written, interesting vignettes of his circle of friends and associates. Awesome. Yeah, I'm with you uh, on the Treasure Island. Swiss Family Robinson for me. Yeah, another good one. Absolutely. Yes. Um, favorite app exclusive of your Microsoft Office and email? <laughs> <laughs> favorite app, Predict Win. Predict Win. Yes. Well, I'm a sailor and a fisher. So um, uh, this app is being created. It tells you wind patterns and strengths no matter where you are in the world. Absolutely fantastic. That's awesome. First person to bring that up in 79 interviews. So, well, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> uh, best personal advice you've received? And this could be like a, a conglomerate of advice. It doesn't have to be one person. And one of the ones that I've used quite a bit was an old teacher of mine. Probably the only thing I learned in his class. And he quoted, he had a little quote and he said, beware of people quoting statistics. They use them more like the drunk uses the lamppost more for support than illumination. And if you think about that, you can use statistics to virtually rationalize any position you want to take. And so just beware of people quoting those as though they're the be all and the end all. <laughs> I love that. It, yeah, I won't. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Uh, and last one for you. What is your favorite restaurant on Vancouver Island? Deep Cove Chalet. Brilliant food. Um, and locationally, you can't beat it. Thanks for stopping by From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. 